Originally, it was just for myself. That was the idea. I had no grand plans of creating a company, but uh, when Ben and a few of the other guys said that they wanted it, I was like, oh, this could be a viable business. And that was right around the time when beards started trending. So I was like, all right, let me, let me look into this more. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm actor and activist Melissa Fitzgerald. This podcast will bring you into the lives of United States veterans and guide you along on their journey from private citizen to service to entrepreneur. You'll learn from these men and women how they handled the trials and tribulations of service and how they applied those same lessons to new ventures when they left the military and tried their hands at business. I hope these journeys inspire you to push yourself further, believe in your goals, and maybe find your own mission. Thank you to our friends at WeWork, Veterans in Residence, a WeWork and Bunker Labs partnership. Veterans in Residence is a highly selective six-month startup incubator and leadership program. It provides veteran and military family member entrepreneurs the community, business support, and workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. Find your tribe. Create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans, or click on the link in the show notes. Also, thank you to our friends at Dell Small Business. What if my Marine buddies could see me now? Nick thought to himself as he mixed the ingredients of his newest lotion. He never thought he'd find himself here, in his kitchen, concocting one potion after another, mixing this ingredient and that, looking for the combination that would finally work. But this was a necessity now. Why? Well, because beards are itchy and Nick was desperate for some relief. And he wasn't the only one. Years before Nick was brewing up skincare products in his kitchen, he was a young kid looking for some structure. His parents were in the midst of a divorce, and Nick was feeling lost. But he found himself and his path when he joined the JROTC program at his high school. From there, Nick knew where he was headed, straight to Annapolis for the Naval Academy, and then he would branch into the Marines. Everything was going according to plan, but all the training and prep at the academy couldn't have prepared Nick for what it was like to be deployed and in charge of a platoon. It was definitely one of those moments when you realize that uh, you now have men and women depending on you, not just professionally, but also their lives. Thrust into this role, Nick had to learn to be a leader. He turned to those around him for advice and tried to learn from the mistakes of those who came before him. In Afghanistan, Nick and his company were doing difficult work, but they bonded together to help secure their area and complete their mission. When his service time was nearing its end, Nick felt satisfied by everything he had accomplished with the Marines, and he was ready to take a step forward toward a new future. Nick had always had an entrepreneurial spirit, 
going back to his days as a kid collecting golf balls from the course he lived near and selling them back to the golfers. So when he was exiting the service, he knew he wanted to start a company and he'd do it with a friend he had met while working on a project with USAID. Together, they created the Stabilization Group, a private government contracting outfit that would send specially trained units to ungoverned spaces and stop them from becoming cesspools of terrorism. Together, Nick and his partner had the practical experience and the connections to build a great team to do the work. What they didn't have, and what ultimately doomed them, was the business knowledge needed to run a company that consistently generated enough income to keep the lights on. Yeah, it was, it was a steep learning curve. And between you know the burn rate and how long it takes contracts to get through, uh, we didn't do our homework when it comes to the actual you know administrative side of contracting. So after about a year and a half, I ended up walking away from the company. We had an amazing team of individuals from you know ER doctors, physicians, to people that have been in the development world for decades, to special operators that now work for classified organizations. We had such a solid team. No one could outcompete us when it comes to capability. But you're absolutely right. We didn't understand the game of government contracting. And that's really kind of what sealed the deal. Nick left the company and went into the private sector. He was enjoying a simpler life when he got a call that would change everything. After Nick had left the Marines, the company he previously served in was redeployed to Afghanistan. While there, Nick's former bunkmate and good friend Justin was shot and killed. Nick was devastated. As a way to honor his friend, Nick grew out his beard to match the facial hair Justin had on his final deployment. In paying homage to his friend, Nick was reminded of the annoyance of facial hair in general. It was itchy, his skin was dry, and there were no products on the market Nick could find to make his situation better. So he did the only thing he could think of. He started making his own lotions and beard oils. I didn't tell anyone at first. You know, I'm in my kitchen, I'm watching Breaking Bad while it's making meth, I'm making lotion, thinking if any of my Marines saw what I was doing, like I, there would never be an end of, to the jokes, right? They would just make fun of me to know it. But then one of my friends, I forgot how it came up, but he's a SEAL and he's like, hey man, what are you working on? I was like, ah, I'm just making this lotion for my beard and itches. Like, oh dude, I'm about to deploy. We're growing our beards out. My, my beard itches like hell. Can I get some of that? So everyone that learned about the product that has experience with facial hair, they were all actually really excited and supportive. That support turned into more and more requests for the product. And after doing the research on how to start producing his stuff commercially, Nick made the decision to jump into this new venture. From the beginning, I wanted to make a company that's enduring. But at the time, you don't know what you don't know. So people ask me, like, is this a real business or is this like a lifestyle brand? You just want to have this business that's going to support a lifestyle that you want. Like, I don't know. I just had this vision of creating, you know, an amazing skincare company that employs a lot of veterans. Nick Carnese founded Stubble and Stash. And he was ready to give entrepreneurship another shot. What would his company turn into? And who would he sell it to? How long could it last? And would he be able to make a dent in the crowded skincare market? How would this company be different from his first failure? We'll let Nick tell you the rest of his story, including how it ultimately led to a role on TV. Coming up next.
To succeed in small business, you need technology that runs efficiently. When you partner with the Dell Small Business Technology Advisor, you get advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored productivity solutions, including computers, servers, storage, networking, plus thousands of top brand electronics, accessories, and software. It's how they help your small business make the most of every minute. To speak with an advisor today, call 877-BY-DELL. That's 877-BY-DELL. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And on the other side of the country, Nick, what's going on? Not too much. Just enjoying this beautiful fall day. Did you ever think that you were going to be making lotions and products to sell to other people? Or did you just think it was going to be for yourself? Originally, it was just for myself. That was the idea. I had no grand plans of creating a company. But uh, when Ben and a few of the other guys said that they wanted it, I was like, oh, this could be a viable business. And that was right around the time when beards started trending. So I was like, all right, let me let me look into this more. Um, so I started to, to look for proper manufacturers that could help refine the formula and make it suitable for commercial sale. Was it difficult to be a solo founder or were you looking to build a team, find co-founders um, and, and that sort of thing? Or did you have friends that were entrepreneurs? I'm curious, like what was your process there? So I do have a few friends that are entrepreneurs, but originally it was just a side hustle. So I was doing on my own. And one part of the stabilization group, I didn't mention my business partner and I, that relationship turned toxic. And it was just, I lost faith in him. And I, and he was doing his own thing and thought that I wasn't doing enough, even though I was anyway. So I was reluctant to take on a business partner because of that negative experience that I had. So going into it, I thought, Hey, I'm just going to work this on the side, see how it goes. It'll just be me. And then maybe in the future, I'll take on a co-founder if it makes sense. But here in DC, there are not many people that are savvy in skincare, a lot of government folks, a lot of politicians, uh, not many in the industry. So I didn't really have a good idea of who a possible co-founder could be at the time. What were those first challenges in getting the product out the door? Who were your first sales to? So first sales, actually, the first sale that I received, when I count this as the first sale, someone I don't know. And I think they learned about the company from a small write-up in a veteran-specific newsletter. And so when we first launched, the first few months, were, we weren't moving any product, right? Most people think, hey, I have this great idea. Everyone's going to love it, and we're just going to be off to the races. And it doesn't work out that way. Uh, what really put us on the map, a, uh, a blogger included our product in her holiday gift guide, and that's what really spiked sales. And that's when you kind of have the aha moment, like, okay, people want this product, like we're going to be all right. This is something to pursue full time. What kind of business did you imagine that you were making? Did you think that it was all going to be a one-time thing that you're going to make this product and launch it? Or did you want to make something that was enduring? That was kind of the idea from the beginning. So I actually spent a lot of time on the business admin side of the house first, like doing all these kind of internal SOPs and invested a lot of energy doing that with the idea of scaling it quickly. It turns out those are all very valuable, but it wasn't the best uh, use of my time you know, at that time. But I'm very well aware of financial instabilities. And so I was reluctant to bring on any, anyone else, any employees until I knew that we would be able to pay them reliably uh, for a prolonged period of time. So I went into it creating a business to, to grow and, and ultimately be an international brand, but I've approached it quite cautiously. What was your first inclination that this thing might have legs and could actually work? So the first inclination was that holiday season, a few months after we launched, when that article came out that had just a small mention of us in it. 
And our sales in one day were more than we did in the previous three months. And then the months of November and December, we generated you know, tens of thousands of dollars, more than half of my annual paycheck. And I was like, okay, this is good. We're onto something here. However, understand the seasonality of products. So I decided to, to keep pushing it. Like in the back of my mind, I was like, all right, this could be a full-time deal. But uh, yeah, wasn't, it's still, you know, in the startup world, you could have a really great month and the next month you're like, oh, we might, we might be shutting the doors. So anyone in that community knows, you know, there's never a moment when you relax. You're like, all right, I've made it. There's always constant worry and concern you know, how's the business going to do next month? What am I doing? What do I need to be better at? You know, where are we failing? Did the failure of your previous company leave any doubts in your mind when you were launching this new company? Or were you kind of using those lessons to be able to set yourself up for success on round two? I wasn't gun shy going into it. Uh, one of the nice things from the Marine Corps, and I think the military in general, you know, we all have grit, right? We're, we're not going to quit. So there's no question in my mind, I was not going to quit the business. It, it will be successful. You know, it is successful now. It can always be a bit more successful. Uh, but I went into it, not with the negative, you know, any, any negative lens from my previous experience with one exception. So I regret how adverse I was to looking for another partner um, because running a business on your own is very lonely. And over time that really kind of wears on your mental health. So my one, I guess, negative takeaway from my previous venture was how adverse I was to looking for a co-founder. And in hindsight, I think we would be much further along had I act actively searched for someone to, to start this business with, as opposed to thinking, hey, I know I can do it all on my own. I'm just going to figure it out and grind it out. Was there any early feedback from people that, you know, they love the product, they love the brand, they hate the product, they hate the brand, uh, love what you stood for, love your story or anything like that? So a lot of feedback from people saying that they love the brand, they love what we stand for, and also with the product. The first iteration of the packaging, <laughs> it was good. I mean, it, was, it worked, but it was definitely, it looked like some guy just kind of developed it on his own. But I had some vets that unfortunately suffered horrible burns from some IEDs and fully recovered, but still managing the scars. And one of the guys reached out, I was like, hey, Nick, you know, I bought your lotion. I, I've been using it on my face and it's much more effective than the, the prescription cream that I get from the VA. And I just want you to know that. And we received a few emails like that from folks that were actually using it with great result for some medical issues. Now, we don't market it as a medical product at all because that comes with a whole other list of, of considerations. But uh, that, to me, like that was it. I was like, all right, I'm all in on this. We have a good product. Like, let's, we're doing this. Where were you in your startup journey when you decided to go to Stanford Ignite? So that was a phenomenal program. Absolutely amazing. Highly recommend it. Another one, the Global Good Fund. They have a veteran fellowship. I definitely, any vet that wants to get involved or already has a startup, look at both of those um, opportunities. But so my business, we were in a good place, but I had hit some speed bumps. So I definitely needed some adult supervision. So I was really excited to get to Stanford and run some of these problems by my classmates and the professors. So, you know, at that time, I would say that the business, it was still kind of iffy if it was going to turn into a long-term thing, since most businesses do fail within the first few years, if not the first year. So we were very much in a delicate state when, when I attended Stanford. What was it like to be around a tribe of military veteran entrepreneurs? It's amazing. I mean, it's, you know, like 
all of us, I think we're, we're pretty, you know, independent. We think we can handle a lot of things. We, we believe that we're capable. But then when you're exposed to people that are like way more capable than you are, you know, it's like, okay, I really got to level up my game here because like every single person here is amazing. And I'm not quite sure why they let me in the room, but I'm going to take full advantage of this. So it was so refreshing to be around such a diverse group of men and women that were doing amazing things. Like a lot of them were totally out of left field. But like, I never would have thought of that. Like, that's awesome. Okay, let's talk about it. You know, what are you doing? How's it working? Like, so yeah, I, I just like, I can't. It was just an amazing experience. Like, words do not do it justice. Since then, have you been involved in organizations like Bunker Labs or the WeWork Veterans and Residence Program? Yeah. So, you know, after that experience, like Stanford, it was a few month program and then we're out on our own. And I came back to DC. And over time, I started to get isolated. I was like essentially putting myself in, in self-induced solitary confinement, right? Because you're like, I have to work all the time. Like, this is my startup. It has to work. I can never leave my computer. Like, work, 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 work. But then you lose touch with friends and people and you don't go out and you lose that tribe of people that understand what you're going through. So I, when I learned about veteran residents that we work, you know, through Bunker Labs, I jumped all over that opportunity. And my cohort, like such an amazing group. You know, I, when I have a bad day, one of them is right there to pick me up and, and that's always reciprocated. Uh, so that's another amazing opportunity that, um, again, words can't do that justice because anyone that's felt that isolation, that loneliness, that bit of confusion, you don't know who you should ask, um, having that tribe, having that cohort to ping, someone's going to have an answer. You know, someone's going to be there for it. Just like in the military, someone always has your back. Same thing applies here. Are there ways that you help younger entrepreneurs that are just kind of starting out or do you ever get mentored from those folks who are a little bit more established? Yeah. So, so yes, on, on both accounts. So, you know, I, I don't feel like I've fully made it yet, you know, working towards it, but I do know that I've learned a lot and I've made a lot of mistakes. And had I known what I know now, I would have been, you know, much further along. So I, I enjoy sharing my stories and helping other people. So I'm always looking for anyone that might need help, you know, and I normally don't like just throw it on them, but like, Hey, Nick, you know, could you spare, you know, grab coffee? I have some issues. Like, absolutely. I'm down for that. So I, I feel an obligation, you know, to kind of give back and share my knowledge with those, you know, people that are new to the startup entrepreneurial space. Uh, and then also I do have mentors. And with the, um, you know, with, at WeWork, uh, with my cohort, you know, there are people that are much more advanced in certain disciplines than I am. So I lean on them for, you know, if I have a question about, you know, like photography, for example, like product photography, like that's actually an art form. And there are people that are photographers that can provide, you know, that insight. So yeah, it's definitely like you never stop learning and you can always educate, right? It's been wonderful. Is there any piece of advice that you find giving yourself to newer entrepreneurs over and over again? <laughs> yeah, it's always going to take longer than you think and your burn rate's always going to be faster than you think. <laughs> like It's just, I don't know, it always works out that way. That's a big one. Also for partnering, um, I always tell folks like, hey, if your business partner's a friend, like take a strong look at that and get it on paper. You know, what happens if this friendship turns south? What happens if the stress of the business causes some, some issues? You have it written down when times are good. So if someone wants to leave the company, you have an established process to do that because I've seen more than, gosh, I've, I don't even know how many, but I've seen a lot of friendships turn sour when people start businesses together. So between how much time it takes and also the potential detriment it can have on relationships. What about some of the advice that mentors left you with that you thought was particularly impactful? A lot of it has to do with, you know, I have a tendency to overanalyze. And when you have a brand, you know, especially with us, our, our price points, you know, you're not going to, we're not $2 products, right? You're not going to find us on the, on the drugstore store shelves. So I had this vision that the brand had to have a certain amount of polish. So 
that desire, that perfectionist kind of outlook would cause me to not do things or, you know, spend a month on something that should have only taken a few days. So the idea of just get it out there, just get it out there, you know, put yourself out there, just do it. Don't overthink it. Just get, you know, that 80% solution and just get it done and move on to the next thing and then see how it works out and then reassess. I thought from the very beginning, I had to have this appearance of a highly polished like brand that you'd find in like a high end whatever store, which was not helpful to the business. It actually hurt the business. So um, I would say some of the greatest advice from those mentors were just whatever you do, whatever you're thinking, just get it out there, get it done. Don't overthink it. I want to know how the opportunity to be part of the show contact came about. <laughs> That's another thing. You never know where the network's going to take you. Uh, a buddy of mine worked for the CIA. He got out, wrote a book. And through that book, he had an opportunity to be on a network TV show that was very successful from a, from a ratings perspective. And he was in that industry. And so he was contacted by a casting director about this show. And at the end of the conversation, asked like, hey, do you know anyone with a military slash special operations background that might be interested? He's like, oh, yeah, I know a guy. So they reached out to me. And, and one of the things we quickly learned being on TV, you have to have a flexible schedule. So, yeah, I was put in contact with that show through a buddy of mine. What has the experience of being on that show been like? Has it been tough to manage? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a wonderful experience, uh, especially in today's day and age, content's king, right? I don't care what business you're doing. You have to be out there. You have to be producing videos. You have to be producing content, engaging with your audience and being in front of like working with a truly professional crew, uh, you know, through the discovery channel that just opened my eyes and elevated my content creation game to like no end. Uh, I still need to implement it going back to like, you know, just looking for perfection. But so, yeah, I was actually surprised because they first told us we were only going to be filming for five weeks and those five weeks turned into like six months. So I would go away for a month at a time and a lot of the locations were remote and I thought I was going to be able to work on double and stash in the evenings. But when you're filming 15 hour days, you don't have the bandwidth, especially with early call times. So the business took a bit of a hit, but I was surprised some of the months I was gone, actually business grew and we had some of the best months on record. Uh, which goes to tell you like, okay, something must be right if the business can be self-sustaining while I'm, you know, gallivanting around the jungles of Brazil. So yeah, like, I totally understand how some people think you always need to have your head down in the business. But uh, having that diversion, I think actually, even though we had some financial loss, ultimately it definitely helped the business. Are there any carryovers from what you saw working, you know, around a professional crew like that, hosting a television show to, you know, being the CEO of a startup or a growing business? So I think some of the carryovers were just, I guess at the tactical level, just seeing how they frame shots and how you can turn anything into something amazing if you know how to, to properly frame it, I guess. And then also just getting up there and like talking over and over again. You know, as a CEO, you have to inspire either your employees or your customers, or if you have both, both. And I, I think, you know, where I had failed before doing the show, I, I wouldn't get on camera and convey the excitement that I had for the product because I didn't realize how emotion kind of converts you know, on the screen, right? So working with the show, you know, they kind of, the producer was like, hey, Nick, like, you know, you think you're giving 100%, but actually on the camera, it's only coming across 50%. So you need to up the enthusiasm so it accurately depicts how you feel. So little things like that, that I never really would have figured out on my own, definitely had an impact on, on my ability, both as, you know, running the company and also from a CEO perspective, just seeing how things can be delegated down and also realizing like, you know, you can spend 10 hours learning a new skill set or, you can spend, you know, X hundreds of dollars to hire an expert to get that done for you. So just seeing how that all worked uh, really kind of changed my perspective on, you know, the value of my time. I kind of kicked myself because in the Marine Corps, you learn all about, you know, delegation, right? 
entrusting things to your to your subordinates, like set the commander's intent and let your Marines do what they do best. And I kind of forgot that because in the startup world, it's your baby, right? Like this is your baby. You don't you want what's best for it, and you're really reluctant to give up some control. Uh, but when you realize that, you know, actually amazing things happen when you empower those around you, whether they're your direct employees or, or contractors. So it was nice to see that interaction in the TV world and seeing how that all works. Could you give a quick plug for the show for our listeners who, who don't know about Contact? Yeah. So Contact, it airs every Wednesday on the Discovery Channel at uh, 10 p.m. and also on the Science Channel on Thursdays at 9 p.m. And the basic premise is we're using some CIA-developed software to look through a bunch of data points. And when we find something interesting, deploy a field team, which I'm one of a, I'm a field team member. And we dig deeper into the events to see what's going on and to see if uh, there are some patterns indicating if, if uh, extraterrestrial life has made contact with earth. And uh, I tell you what, I went into it, I think it was kind of, you know, kind of silly, but uh, after filming and talking to a large number of highly credible witnesses. Uh, there's definitely something intriguing going on. So it's it's uh, it's a phenomenal show. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. What's next for Stubble and Stash? What's next for you? So as the brand continues to grow, um, I want to be more transparent with our ingredients. So we are relaunching a few of our products that are still in the old packaging. So we have a few new products coming out uh, this fall, winter. And then the next step is to work with veteran-owned farms to source some of our raw ingredients and have a fully transparent supply chain. So people know like, oh, hey, this aloe was procured from this farmer in this state uh, all the way through uh, production and then ultimately to the doorstep. So having a lot of big internal movements uh, to set up that infrastructure. But yeah, really excited to continue expanding the line and expanding the value proposition. Any final thoughts for our listeners or key takeaways from your journey? Don't hesitate to ask for help. Don't spin your wheels like your time is so valuable. And I think people don't realize how valuable their time is, uh, especially in the startup game. So if, if you're ever stuck and you've invested some time trying to figure out an answer, you can't crack it, just hit your network up. See who can help you because I found most people are more than eager to help you. Everyone wants you know their friends, their buddies, or heck, even a fellow entrepreneur that you don't know. Everyone wants you to succeed. So don't hesitate to ask for help. Don't delay too long. I love that. That's great advice. Thanks again, and we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been great. Thank you again to WeWork. Veterans and Residents is a partnership of WeWork and Bunker Labs. Veterans and Residents is a six-month startup incubator and leadership program that provides veteran and military family members the community, business support, and a workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. To learn more about WeWork and the Veterans and Residents program, visit we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans. Find your tribe, create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. This podcast was created by the team at Mission. If you want to hear more from Mission, be sure to check out mission.org. There's nothing small about your business. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors are ready to give you trusted advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored tech solutions like computers with Intel Core processors. Call 877 by dell to speak to an advisor today.